Well, hello, everybody. This is Christy Hool, the, the host of the Classroom Matters podcast, and I am really excited to be talking uh, on this episode with Christy Johnson, and I'm going to let her give a little bit of background on on exactly, specifically what she's been doing um, throughout her years of education, but we're really going to be focusing on sort of the the effect that the coronavirus and some of this isolation from school has the effect that it's had on our special education students, teachers, and parents. Um, so Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks so much, Christy. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be yeah. here. So tell us a little bit about your educational background. Sure. Well, this is my 24th year in education, and I have several different certifications. I like to dabble in a little bit of everything. I started out in special education, and I have my special education degree. Um, and then I also am passionate about reading and teaching reading, and I think that goes along a lot with working with kids with disabilities. So I also have my reading specialist um, endorsement, and then I also have my admin degree. So I do a little bit of everything, and I love it all. Um, this, Like I said, this is my 24th year, and um, I moved into leadership about 10 years ago, and I've been everything from a special ed teacher, which most of my special ed background is dealing with students who have more social-emotional needs. Those have always been the kids that I've been kind of drawn to. Um, my heart kind of wants to work with those kids the most, so that's where most of my background is when I was a teacher. And then I've also been an elementary school principal, an alternative school principal for sixth grade through 12th grade. And currently I'm a special education administrator for a co-op in Macoupin County. So that's kind of my background. So you've pretty much done almost everything. I've done it all. I Yes. <laughs> I'm not a person. And I knew this about myself at a young age. I knew I wouldn't be a person who got a job and stayed there for 30 years and retired. I knew that wasn't me. I like to keep myself fresh and move around and do new things and try new things every five to seven years mm -hmm. and kind of figure out what's next for me. Yeah. Well, you know, I I didn't realize what a special type of person it took to, you know, work with kids with special needs. I mean, I was in the classroom and I was a principal, but I was never really just focused on this, the special needs kids. Like, you know, someone of what you do are more focused on that until I, you know, when I started homeschooling my, my youngest son, who's now in the fourth grade and he is on the spectrum. And so in kindergarten, he really struggled. And I'm telling you, I have never had such an appreciation for folks that that do what they do in classrooms every day with students with special needs because even with all of my education and my background and my teaching I was not prepared to know exactly what my child needed because of the special needs that he had and the special way that he had to learn and so I really started to develop such um just like I said, a gratefulness and, an, and a whole different appreciation for folks that are doing that on a daily basis because it is hard. And I can't even imagine some of the challenges that some of these families are having now. So talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges you think that families are facing during this pandemic when they're now at home with their children with special needs. Absolutely. And I do think... Um working with our population, it definitely is a calling. It is something that people don't go into unless it's really in their heart. I've not met a special ed teacher who was there for a paycheck. You know, some teachers, maybe it happens, but if you go into special ed, there's really something in your soul that calls you to the profession. Um, and, you know, special ed people are my people. So there is definitely a calling. And so, yes, with that, because there are so many challenges, 
we are having parents who are struggling right now. And the parents are struggling on several different facets. First of all, we're having several families who their basic needs aren't being met. A lot of our population are, you know, lower income families who aren't getting their paychecks now because they're not working or are having to go to work for, you know, their minimum pay jobs and are having to still homeschool their children. Um, you know, we have these families who are already under stress with kiddos who have special needs and now they're multiplied because the kids are home all day and the parents are having to do this. So a lot of the problems we're seeing is shutting down, like just straight up shutting down. Parents are shutting down, kids are shutting down, and the teachers are trying to reach out to these parents and students to try to offer support. And it's almost becoming overwhelming to a lot of the parents, and they're kind of even starting to back off from even allowing us to help. I think it's just an overwhelming situation for so many people. So right now what we're seeing is I can't get them to do anything. And, you know, I have an eighth grader. There are days I can't get her to do anything. And she's not a special needs student. She's just an eighth grader. <laughs> so I think we're in such a weird time. And I try to tell parents, you know, when we're having meetings and we say, how's it going? And they say, I can't get him to do anything. And we say, right now, we're not really worried about that. We're worried about your emotional health and we're worried about your child's emotional health. So how can we help you with that first? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Because we're hearing this constant you know, we hear the stress in the parent's voice and we hear the discord and we hear the kid in the background getting upset. And it's so horrible because we have no power and we have no control of the situation. And we just want that kid back in our classroom and to relieve that stress of that parent so badly. And that can't be done. So everybody's world is rocked right now. And I think the special ed population is double the stress that a lot of families are feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and I'm sure that the com that communication piece between special education teachers, special education directors, paraprofessionals that have been working with these children, um, I think that communication piece, like what you were just speaking of, when you reach out to the parents and they're so frustrated and they're concerned with the lack of academics or the lack of progress that they feel their children are making, just to hear you say and to hear their teacher say, it's okay, don't worry about the academics right now. Let's take it one step at a time. Let's worry about your social emotional learning first. We, you know, if you guys are stressed out and frustrated, you're not going to learn anyway. So, I mean, I think that communication piece is so important. And kudos to you and all of the other special education teachers who I know um, are working hour after hour after hour trying to bring these families some comfort. Um, do you think that a lot of the lack of motivation too, you know, I was, I've been reading a few articles this week about how this, this virus and this isolation is compounding some of these issues for children with special needs, but a few things really kind of hit me and, and stuck out at me. And one of them was that a lot of times these kiddos are going to school and that's the motivation for them getting up and seeing a special teacher and getting a special reward or having a special, you know, something at school that they look forward to. And now that that motivation isn't there, parents are really struggling to get them to want to do anything. Yes. So many of our parents are saying, my child just wants to be back in school. My child just wants to be with his teacher. You know, they get their meals for the day. They get the warmth and the caring of the paraprofessional who gives them a high five or a hug every day when they walk in. They get the smile of the teacher who's happy to see them. And when those things are taken away, it is definitely going to be harder to get some of these students motivated when they struggle, when learning is hard. Learning is hard for them already. And now you've taken their world and you're telling them, you kind of have to be self-motivated and you have to do this on your own. You, you know, your parent doesn't know how to do this math. You don't know how to do this math, but here, you need to do some math. Mm 
And so we're taking these kiddos who already struggle and who already have learning problems and struggle with behavior and staying on task and staying focused. And we've given them almost an impossible situation to succeed in. And we're saying, here, do your best. And that's stressing the families out just as much. So mm-hmm. absolutely. the And I think a lot of our kids, use, you know, token economy, yes, but I think mostly they're missing that social aspect. Mm-hmm. So many of our kids are, you know, they're in the small classes, they get so much attention. Yes, they may get those yeah. points and get that token economy, but they get a lot of attention. And like I said, the special ed teachers that I know, they're there because they love their kids and their kids know it. So when right. you remove that, it's going to definitely impact them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you talk a lot about routine. You know, we always talk about it. And I, and I can tell you this from a personal experience with my child. Um, his routine is everything to him. And when that routine is cut off the way that it has been for a lot of these children, that can just throw them into a whole nother realm of ang- you know, anxiety and uneasiness. Yeah. And so I'm sure that you're seeing a lot of that. You know, It might be getting a little better now, but yes, like at the beginning yes. of this, I'm sure you were seeing a lot of that. Yes. And we've tried to take some of our routine, routines and teach the parents. Okay, here, you know, here's our visual schedule. Maybe this will help you. Maybe, you know, um, this first then cards, you know, all the little things that we do during the day that we don't really think to tell parents about because they're not involved in the day to day Mm -hmm. ongoings. Now we're kind of having to teach them even on even if it's not school related, even if, you know, I can't get her to do A, B, C or D. It doesn't matter because she's so out of sorts. Okay, well, let's try an if-then card. And here's this. So we're trying to give parents some of the tools to try to get kids into routines because it is so important for a lot of our kids. Mm -hmm. Well, then you compound it with, you can't not only not go to school, but you can't go anywhere else either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that has been a tough one for my family as well. So I, yes, like Mm -hmm. it's it's tough for everybody. That's a tough one for everybody. Well, and I think a lot of times with when you're talking about kids with special needs or disabilities or, uh, uh, you know, they learn in a different way or they think in a different way, it's not only you can't go anywhere because we just can't, they may or may not understand that and they may or may not understand what the coronavirus is. But I think it's kind of scary, you know, like for my son, to, which I wouldn't take him in this environment, but if I were to take him to Schnucks or to a grocery store or into a Walgreens or somewhere where everybody is now all of a sudden wearing masks. Right. I don't think that he would understand that. And I think it might be a little scary for him. And so, you know, again, just the isolation from them having these routines and, 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 you know, places to go, it just gone all of a sudden, that's much more difficult for them to understand than a child, you know, that doesn't have a disability. Yes. And we have tried to think about and, um, ways that we can help families with this. And there have been a lot of social stories out there right now. So picture stories that we can hand off to families because the masks are going to be scary for a lot of our kids. They're scary Um, for me. Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) It is intimidating to go out and see that. And I was at the store today and I pulled in the parking lot and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in a scary movie. (laughs) Well, especially like, you know, eye contact is such an important thing for our society. And now when you make eye contact with somebody and you can't see their smile or not, I know like it's this whole weird, like, and I almost, I I was talking to a friend and I was like, I almost feel like, you know, I, I can kind of relate 
a little bit to a student with autism in that moment where I'm making eye contact with you and I can't understand what you're meaning or what you're trying to perceive. And so I was like, almost got it. I was like, this is really weird to look in your eyes and not know what your face means. So I, wow, I you that know, that's a great way to look at that, Christy. Yeah. I never thought of that, but you're you're absolutely right. Kind that of is sort that of moment. you know, yeah, it's sort of how I how I feel when I do look at people with these masks. I'm like, I can't tell. Are they, are they smiling? Are they mad? Are they angry? Do I know them? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even tell if I recognize someone in the grocery store because all you you know, and a lot of these people are now wearing like these kind of. I saw a couple of people today that had on like these really. Um, I wouldn't say weird. That that might not be the right word to use, but different masks with like giant smiles and like one guy had like a dog mouth looking thing. And I'm like, okay, now I'm just, <laughs> I'm really just starting to get freaked out. <laughs> too much, too much. It's too much. <laughs> so how are you seeing some of these uh, families handle the lack of um, some of this, these, this special equipment? Um, that some of our kiddos are using when they go into the school and some of the things that are in an IEP that just cannot be done remotely. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's kind of what I'm working on as a special ed administrator right now is I'm looking for ways to get more of the authentic teaching materials and tools into the homes. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, right now, it's a lot of paper packets because our families don't have laptops and they don't have access and they don't have reliable Internet. And um, our our district is very rural. So, you know, we were looking at, okay, well, we can, you know, maybe have Internet at the school. And then we're thinking, well, that goes against CDC guidelines. What if we have 60 cars in the parking lot? You know, that's not okay either. Right. So we're trying to figure out ways of following the rules, but also providing um, you know, what we can to kiddos. We are, the districts are starting to look more into laptops and I am working on, you know, how do we find things that are going to support the students and support the teachers that are appropriate um, platforms to do remote learning. And I mean, so there's so much to it right now, but as far as actual, what our kids and what we're finding they're responding to best almost is the paper packet. I don't know if it's because it feels like home and it's more comfortable Mm -hmm. to them and that's what they're, you know, able to do. It's right there in front of them. I mean, I know even with my own child getting emails and having to go click on this to download this, to go do this. For our kids who have trouble following simple instructions, sometimes that's going to be too much anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, We're finding that when we're, we're inviting our kids to do Zoom conferencing or whatnot, that we are not getting a lot of input and a lot of kids participating in that. Um, probably How are you seeing the Zoom with the digital divide, like with some of the families that you work with? This is sort of a big hot topic now too, is everyone's doing Zoom, but are you seeing some success with that or is it just more challenging than anything to get everybody on a Zoom call? So we've had very limited success and we've had more success with Zoom um, related services with more teletherapy. We are seeing more success with doing more speech minutes, um, doing some OT, you know, kind of exercises over the phone. We are seeing success with that. The teachers are saying that the students just aren't showing up. And again, we aren't, we're not upset about that at all. We know that parents are working. We know that they don't have technology. We know that some kids aren't going to do it. That's just not what they're Mm -hmm. comfortable with. So there is a divide with that. um, And we're trying to overcompensate. We're trying to compensate by that by calling home. You know, I had one teacher who drove to each student's house last week and picked up packets and dropped off packets and did little notes because that's what they're comfortable with. 
You know, she can't get them on Zoom, but she drove to each of their houses and, That's you know, awesome. made sure that she gave them what they were comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, on that point, I, I want to say this again in this episode, because this is, I think, been brought up in every episode that we've done over the last month with educators all sort of referencing to this um, coronavirus and how we're all educating right now. But you bringing up the story of the teacher going to the students' houses, I have yet to have an educator on here in the last month who has not told a story, talked about the how much teachers are going above and beyond to make sure that their students are getting what they need. Sometimes maybe to the point where parents are getting a little overwhelmed or frustrated or maybe even sometimes um, misinterpreted as you know doing too much. But it's just another, your story is just another testament to how much teachers really want to be there for these kids. And it's in a positive way. It's not trying to like step on toes or do too much. It's they really truly care. Absolutely. They care. And I mean, so many teachers, all my teachers are there two or three days a week, handing out food to students in the community, doing, you know, what they can. If there's an opportunity to volunteer for something for our kiddos, they're doing it. I had a conference call today with our high school intervention team and it was like, okay, we're getting together and here's our list of students who aren't responding. And that principal is going to go door to door and make sure that those kiddos have what they need. And in the meantime, you know, the, another person is putting together a Google doc and who needs toothpaste, who needs toilet paper, you know? So just watching teachers and what they're capable of when something like this happens, like teachers are always going to be your people who get stuff done. Like they just do, they always step up and they always get stuff done. So when something like this happens, those are your people. Those are who's going to get stuff done. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's going to be so many stories that come out of this. And I think there's going to be so many teachers who didn't even realize their potential until something like this happened. Like Mm -hmm. this is going to move so many teachers beyond where they were and they're not even going to know it until we're out of it. Right. Right. Well, do you think it's going to bring parents closer to the teachers for their children, especially if their child is in a special education setting? Do you think now they're actually maybe going to get it and be even more appreciative of the teachers? I do. I think a lot of our parents already knew. I mean, you always have some parents who are kind of in denial themselves a little bit. and um, But most of our teachers that I work with anyway are in close contact with parents and the parents already know. But I think this does take it to the next level of, oh my gosh, I didn't have to teach them until now. And I can't, I don't know how you do it every day. We've heard that Mm -hmm. several times. So yeah, I think they'll have a better understanding. And I think going through this just as a human population is going to bring people closer together. I hope good comes out of this for sure. I think we always have people, I mean, we do have some parents who are angry and upset at the world right now and who want to complain about everything. And we're kind of their soft place to land right now. So we're seeing some of that because the school is the soft place to kind of let go of some of that anger and some of that scared and, you know, that fear and everything that's going on. Um, But overall, I see parents kind of coming together and, you know, so thankful. Every IEP meeting we're on, thank you so much for everything you've done. You know, you guys are the best and we know that you want what's best. Parents are very thankful, and I think they do realize that we do a lot for their kids. We do go above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I know that hopefully a lot of this stress will be 
relieved. Um, you know, the, the bans are lifting at different times in different states. Um, you know, you and I are both close to Missouri and Illinois, and I know that, you know, Missouri is lifting its ban slowly next week, and hopefully Illinois won't be too far behind that. And then we'll have summer, you know, but I have already started seeing little sneak peeks of things saying that, you know, the virus could come back around in the fall. And some districts are already talking about uh, online learning in the fall, if that were to happen. Are, are you aware of any type of special education funding or anything that we're doing now to better prepare ourselves for if this does happen again in the fall? I haven't heard of anything federally, but I know that we as a co-op are going forward as if we are not starting school regularly in the fall. Um, I don't know that it will be all online, but I definitely feel from what we're hearing that it's not going to look like it did, you know, last February. So we are preparing and we're looking for, I mean, one of the things with special education is we have to provide more. We have to do more for our kids than the regular ed kids. So what does that look like? How are we going to monitor goals and goal progress? How are we going to complete these evaluations and re-evaluations for our kids? Like we have so many questions in the special ed world to answer and we're doing the best we can right now. And I think we're doing a great job. But now that the dust has settled a little bit and we've all kind of got our groove going and we've got everybody kind of doing their thing, now is when we dig in. Okay, what is this going to look like if we have to do it next year and how do we do it better? Mm-hmm. So that's where we're researching and, you know, we're that my team is constantly doing pot, you know, we're listening to different podcasts and we're doing all these e-learning opportunities ourselves and figuring out like what are going to be the best platforms and how are we going to make this look amazing? Because we have to do even better for our kids than the general population. Mm-hmm. And you probably find yourself in a, in a, in a situation where you're having to teach parents. Absolutely. Yes. How to be like there for said, their child, especially to, a kid uh-huh. with special needs. Right. And we've had to show parents like, okay, go here and look at this video. Or like I said, we've shared, you know, behavior techniques. We're having to teach parents. If the parent really, you know, we've told parents to kind of back off and not worry about the academics. That's a hard thing for some of these parents to do. These parents want their kids to do the work. And we get that. We understand that. So we're trying to teach parents, okay, well, let's, let's look at a way for them to earn something positive. Because as parents, there's not many parenting classes. I wish there was a, a parenting class to go through where you learn how to have kids earn rewards instead of punishment or, you know, things that the school does. And so we're trying to teach parents some of that kind of basic stuff as well. Okay, well, they're not doing work. Is there anything? Can I, can we send you an interest inventory? where, you know, maybe we can find out some things he might work for. Is there a special ice cream we can get? Or can we deliver something to your house that he might work for? So we're trying to do some of that stuff as well. So we're trying to implement the things that we were doing that was successful in school. We're trying to teach parents those things and help them be successful at home. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you guys are all doing a great job of that. And, and, you know, my heart just goes out to all the parents that are struggling. It's, you know, it's hard, you know, I've been doing it for four years and it was hard for me when this whole thing came down. So I can't imagine, um, you know, a family that's not used to being at home and working online. And then now they're trying to teach their kids and it's, it's just kind of a mess, but I, I really do think that people are coming together. You know, everyone's communicating, everyone's trying to be as understanding as possible. And I'm crossing my fingers that this doesn't, come back around in the fall and that we can all sort of just get back to our normal lives. 
whatever that was. Ever be, I don't I think normal will always be different, but I don't think that's I a know. bad thing. I, I think right. it's a good thing. But yes, I hope we can get back in the classroom with our kiddos as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, Christy Johnson, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I, and I guarantee you um, the folks that are listening have really gained some insight and uh, maybe gotten some hope and felt like what they were doing is going down the right path. So thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thanks for having me. And this is Christy Houle, the host of Classroom Matters, signing off. And don't forget to check out all of our amazing resources on the educate.today website. <laughs>